Welcome to the 
we talked about them going a little bit north to the Kyukyuteni tribes, but then they had to leave too. And so a lot of them, it looks to me like a lot of them ended up going west uh, to Troy, right on the west coast of, of uh, Turkey mm-hmm. in about 3000 BC. And, uh, and that they uh, interacted a lot with the cultures that already existed on the islands of Lemnos and Lesbos. Mm-hmm. If you were to look at our map, you would see that Lemnos and Lesbos are right off the coast of Turkey near Troy. Okay, and- can we uh, let's frame it? So we're on the we're in Turkey. We're in the period from three thousand to two thousand BC. Uh huh. Okay. <clears throat> so that's when everybody's you know because it was the end of the fourth millennium uh, when that big wave of Indo-European invasions happened. Mm. And it it either killed people or sent them fleeing. And as we know, because of the DNA research showing us that incredible wave of male Indo-European DNA into into old Europe, we know that uh, the women were left. You know, they killed the men, but mainly. The farmer DNA disappears at that point. Mm from our heritage. So um, so I'm sure a lot of the women got abducted. We know that and, mm-hmm. and got assimilated, as they like to put it, um, and got married off, in other words. But the ones who didn't became this very dynamic resistance movement against patriarchy and against the invasions and against the male dominance and all of that. And so, so Vicki, just sorry, the DNA we're talking about, we're talking about currently populations in the West. So there was the Anatolian farmers who were there and then this Indo-European warriors came in. And so what, if you just correct me if I'm wrong, what you're talking about is how now currently the male DNA, the Y DNA is chiefly from this warrior grouping. Exactly. Uh, and the female DNA is still from the old Anatolia. And we say Anatolian farmers, but uh, that's kind of a misnomer because they migrated from Anatolia very early into Greece and they created culture there, the mm-hmm. Sesklo culture uh, predominantly. And and then uh, within a thousand years or so, some of them were move, moving north and they settled along the Danube River. But where they settled, it wasn't like there weren't any people. There were already um, hunter-gatherer people living a a kind of a fishing life uh, rather than a hunting life. But um, they were settled at places like Lipinski Veer, which we've talked about before. Which is where? Uh, On the Danube, uh, the uh, the Iron Gates of the Danube. It's basically uh, in Serbia, across the river from Romania. Okay. Um, and those sites that were uh, hunter-gatherer sites or gatherer-hunter sites is more appropriate because the gatherers uh, provided more food. But mm-hmm. anyway, in those sites, uh, the the farmers coming up from Greece interacted with those people and intermixed to some extent, but mostly lived side by side for maybe a thousand years, and then peacefully, peacefully, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, which is uh, which is probably how it looked when the Anatolian farmers uh, moved into Greece. You know, they they were because, as Gimbutas has said, and other uh, scholars have said, 
there there's really it's a seamless kind of interweaving of these two cultures because they share the most basic beliefs and structures. They're matriarchal. They have a, a female deity of some kind that that presides over their uh, conceptual framework, you know, of their worship, and they uh, and they built uh, the same kinds of uh, systems and structures and forms, and they made beautiful art. the The hunter gatherers didn't so much do that, but they did make those uh, boulder goddesses that look like fish goddesses at right. Lavinia. So right. anyway, it's really clear that they shared enough beliefs that that before too long you know, a thousand years, let's say, the um, the the original people there, the old uh, hunter-gatherer people, had taken up to some extent uh, farming, and that we see that in their diets and so on. And there was some mixing of the two cultures, but not as much as you might think, but enough yeah. that it shows up in our DNA. Um, and, and they lived that way uh, for a long time, and... Uh, and the, as Gimbutas put it, the the old European culture flowed flowed out from there like a river, you know, in every in well up the Danube, let's say, into the Black Sea, and uh, pretty much the whole area of Serbia, uh, Romania, Bulgaria, Bulgaria, and even up into uh, Moldova, and then as we have talked about uh, the the Ukraine eventually, and the Kukuteni Trapilia culture. So right. that huge region, all the way from the Aegean Sea to the Black Sea, um, <clears throat> is uh, is is sort of our what we're talking about. And and they had to flee from all of those cultures and. They fled, it looks like, it's very clear that they fled for sure to Troy because in Troy, um, there are so many artifacts and imagery that's consistent with the old European cultures like Caranovo. Uh, We've talked about the Caranovo culture. And so a lot of the imagery is the same in the third millennium at the site of Troy. And and the they found a loom and they found eight thousand spindle whorls and they have pictures of the spindle whorls uh, and they they have obvious old European signs on them mm. and so it's really clear that this was a continuation but fragmented you know as you would expect because they're refugees right but they created a culture the the culture of Troy uh, that we're looking at in the in the second, sorry, in the third millennium, um, was Troy one several stages and Troy two, and it was Troy two that uh, was excavated by uh, Schliemann and his wife, and that's the the layer they call it a burnt layer. The place was burned down, right. um, and and the people had to flee. And the the uh, Schliemann talked about the the individual gold jewelry found in almost all the houses indicates uh, a panicked flight. And I think that flight was to the islands. Now it may have been other places as well, but it seems pretty clear that they went, for instance, to Lemnos. Uh, Gimbutas says that Lemnos and Lesbos had a long Neolithic underpinning, um, but that they converted at that time 
to citadels. And that's where she talks about the slits for archers and that right. the archers were probably the Amazons. Um, could we uh, could just, just so uh, a little context too. So you talk about them fleeing in the Iliad, of course, the Amazons are the allies of the Trojans, right? But, so but, but Sean, do you think this is related? No, the trouble is, the trouble with the, uh, we should go back to the Tro- the Trojan women, you know, and the whole, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're schooled in the West, in Euripides, and the mm-hmm. stories of uh, the, the Trojan horse, and the Trojan women, and uh, the, all that, but that's all from much later, in, at the end of the second millennium. And okay. that's the end of the Bronze Age. That's really when all of these cultures collapse finally. Um, Troy changed in the second millennium, I don't, about 1800, I believe I read, um, and a new people came in and they had horses. Now, I think, okay, okay. I think it was still uh, pretty female-centered. You know, Amazons are horse breeders. Right. So um, I don't think that it changed in a way that uh, made it too patriarchal. It was still pretty strongly woman-centered. And you even see that. Euripides wrote his plays, uh, The Trojan Women, the play Hecuba. He wrote those plays in, I think, the fifth century BCE, so the first millennium. Mm-hmm. And, and they're about things that took place in the second millennium. So already he's, he's writing about something that's at least 500 years earlier and probably more like a thousand. Um, and, and that ended with the, the Trojan War and his play, his play The Trojan Women and his play Hecuba. I saw Hecuba performed by Olympia Dukakis. In- oh, wow. Yeah, it was fabulous, just fabulous. Um, and those plays are interesting because they're, they're quite anti-war. Yes. And, and the women are strong, but they're yeah. desperate, you know, they're defeated. And, and so anyway, we, we can come back to that since that's really a whole, it's like a whole millennium later than the one that we're focusing on now. But that's how things get all mixed up. And when Schliemann uh, excavated at Troy, uh, he, he was pulling up material from around uh, 2200 BCE in the third millennium. And he thought it was, it was uh, Priam's Troy. Priam was the king. Right. So he was mistaken. And now they've done, you know, the archaeological uh, chronologies using uh, carbon-14 dating and so on. Methods to show them all the different strata. And, and the thing about Troy is that it lasted so long as a place. Right, right. And that different cultures built on the ruins of the culture that was there before. Uh, that's probably true. I don't know that about Troy, but it's probably yeah. true. Yeah. So what? Yeah, I get to think just to follow up on Dawn. I think so. In that case, you're saying there was a culture in Troy. It flees. You have Lesbos and Lemnos. Later, you have this classical notion of Troy, the Trojan War. Much. You're later. saying uh-huh. much later, and you're saying that there are they the same people according to what you're saying, or are they related? I, what is I, their relationship? Well, I assume that some of them are, but maybe not. It's hard to say. Okay. Um, I don't think that the, any of the scholars know that for sure, but maybe it'll start coming through the DNA material or something. If they decide to do DNA work there, you know, you, they would have to decide that and choose some bodies and, and do their work. 
I think we'll have to force their hand. Because <laughs> it would be really interesting to know that. Yeah. Um, one of the no, pl- yes, it's, I think it's key. We have that technology now. Let's use it. One of the places uh, that I think people will have heard of, and that's really a, an important part of the third millennium, but started earlier, is the the islands of Malta. Now they're way south, south of, south of uh, Sicily, south of uh, Italy, and and you know on the way to Africa. So they're quite far away from Anatolia, but uh, the figurines, well, well, there's a lot of things, but the figurines that they found in, in Malta and Gozo, the two Maltese islands, uh, they look, so many of them look just like the ones from Chateau Huyuk. Hmm. We know that there was some diffusion of the Anatolian culture to, uh, to Malta. Now, maybe also, uh, from Troy, you know, uh, they could have been in contact. They were seafarers. So, right. you know, it's likely. And they share so many things, the two places, even though they're far apart. But in the when you're, when you're seafaring, then it's not so far apart and it's not so impossible because the Cycladic Islands are in between. Mm-hmm. There, there's Lemnos and Lesbos right next to Troy. Then there's the Cycladic Islands a little south, but it's still in the Aegean. And then mm-hmm. if you go south of the Cycladic Islands, you reach Crete. And if you go south and, and west of Crete, you reach Malta. Right. So, um, so I think it's not, it's not a stretch. Yeah, it sounds like a trade route almost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point. And, you know, the island of Milos, have you ever heard of that? It's in the Cycladic Islands. Okay. It's very famous in archaeological work because obsidian came from there ah. and there was a huge trade in obsidian for a long time um, there's obsidian at Chateauhuyuk it's buried obsidian shiny mirrors are buried with uh, certain women in the Chateauhuyuk ruins right, right. Um, and just and a quick that, reminder that uh, explanatory comma that Chateauhuyuk is in Anatolia so it's in uh, actually south central Anatolia which is today Turkey. Right. Okay, so uh, so Milos is one of the first places in the Cycladic Islands that, uh, that people actually uh, started to share things like the old European script. They find, uh, they, what they found is Linear A. You were interested in that, Sean. They found Linear A in the, in the Cyclades. It all together you know and that's what i'm really interested in trying to to weave together so yeah. in terms of malta just to finish with that they uh the maltese islands were actually uh they were neolithic i mean people were there as early as they were in crete but right. um but the stone temples in the maltese islands are the earliest stone temples anywhere in the world hmm Freestanding stone temples, you know, the beginning of temple building with stone. And uh, those that all started, they call it the temple period. It started in 40, 4100 BC and went till 2500 BC. And then they say, oh, we don't know why, but they were abandoned. And so <laughs> it's really important to really understand about the third millennium 
that 2500 BCE, 2300 BCE, these dates are very important for the kinds of destruction that were going on, um, often on the mainlands of Greece or Turkey, uh, but then also, of course, affecting the islanders. And I just, you know, I said in The Double Goddess, I just, I see this movie, this story, you know, of these priestesses just going from one place to another and taking their their precious heirloom stuff with them. And when they don't, when they can't go any further or they think that they're going to be overcome, they bury it somewhere. And then in the second millennium, we find all these hordes. So uh, it's all one thing that's happened right. happening for a couple of thousand years, pretty strong. Um, the the temples, these stone temples that are so important, they they come in twins, in pairs, and they're shaped in the shape of a woman's body, and you enter the temple in the vagina. Wow! Wow is right. Oh and, my goodness! Yeah. Uh, in Milos, uh, there's a site called Phylacope, uh, and they've dug there from 2300 BCE, and they have found Linear A, the the language we're familiar with from right. Crete, but it hasn't been deciphered. But uh, they know now that it's uh, connected to the language, the script that we've talked about from Old Europe. And so right. Oh, okay. So hold, okay, we could hold on there for a second. So on Milos, they found linear A, and when you say they know it's connected to the language of old Europe, who? What? Where? Who has said this? What are the sources? I don't know. I don't have. I haven't written down all the sources, but certainly uh, Harold Harmon and Joan Marler are kind of summing up. But I even found something. Let's see if it's true. It's just. I think that's an amazing connection, and, and like you say, that's something I'm looking at. Yeah, it's a very language, you know, very important connection, um, and it's just a shame, you know. We we don't. It's not deciphered. We aren't able to read Linear A, although the scholars do attempt it. Um, and and then the Linear B is quite a different language, and they have been able to to uh, decipher that. And it's much more uh, much more of a language that has to do with accounting and keeping track of all the slaves they were bringing by the by the time that uh, Mycenae had developed. Again, we're, now that's in the second millennium. So and it's interesting, like here. you say, like this, you say, slavery was uh, was more of a patriarchal concept. You know, this is yeah. something that shows there's a transition that occurred. Yes, and it happened uh, in the third millennium for sure. Wow. And so the, but the linear A that we see in Milos was from uh, the third millennium. And so that's very important. Uh, but but it, but there's still plenty of interesting material from the island of Crete in the third millennium, showing that uh, showing it to be a female-centered uh, society. But we get so much more uh, depiction of that later because of the murals that they made. Right, right. Um, and then there's uh, the island of Samos is one of the Cycladic islands, and Samos is a mile from the the coastal city of Ephesus. Right, right. Yeah, it's and, right off the coast. And that's where we're told, you know, that uh, the Amazon queen or priestess Eph- uh, Ephesia uh, founded Ephesus in 2000, around 2000, uh, as a sanctuary for Amazons. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of part three. 
Up next, the Amazons take flight. This is the 34 Circe Salon.